SayItInACard.com is an online greeting card company that delivers right to your front door. Visit our website, www.SayItInACard.com. You can read the cards, order the cards, and we ship them directly to you. If you feel it, we say it in a card. We have breakup cards, troubled relationship cards, troubled friendship cards, and of course, all of the traditional cards as well, from birthday to Mother's Day. So again, visit us at www.SayItInACard.com. Free shipping for a limited time. Good day, thinkers, thought leaders, progressives, and dreamers. I'm Craig the Writer Stewart, and this is so much to say. These are my thoughts and my voice on black shit, white shit, gay shit, and everything in between. Today, I'm having a conversation with my assistant, Nikki. Well, Nikki's son, Shane, is autistic. I wanted to have a conversation about autism, but through the eyes and through the voice of a child. Do me a favor, share this podcast with your friends, your family, and your network, because I really do think this will give us a different perspective on autism. This is very personal work for me. Politics. Politics. I believe I was called to Sex. tell my story, use my voice, be a Gay. voice for the community, to speak Black to people. and for a community of people Down that's been ignored, denied, love, love, relationships, relationships, religion. This is my life's work. Religion, religion. I want to use words to. Uplift, heal, inspire, encourage. Do something different. Every Monday at 10. You wanted to do what? Intellectual property. You wanted to say. It's intellectual property. What does that mean? It means that he came up with it and it's his. It belongs to him. So I came up with macaroni, cheese, bononi? Intellectual property is like if it's your idea, something that you thought of, something you conceived. So, Michael, so what you wanted to say, good day thinkers, thought leaders? No, now I just give up. Oh, now you don't want to say it? Yeah. Okay, well, listen, we're here with Nikki and her son, Shane. You're how old, Shane? Nine. Nine. Nine years old, and I wanted to have you on because I wanted you to kind of share with us. Let me have this. <laughs> I wanted you to kind of share with us, to give us an idea of what it's like to see what you see, to think what you think, just to help us understand, because there may be some parents that are listening that have children that are autistic, and they may not really understand their children, but I think you have a really good way of explaining it. And I remember your mom telling me, you had said something about the way that you see things. Do you remember that, Nikki, what you were sharing with me? Um, where he said that sometimes in his head, it feels like when a when a little kid or a little child has a crown or a pencil and they scribble, mm-hmm. that's he said sometimes that's how like information is in his head. So information like from a teacher or something that you're telling just, him to do, just or? period. Because coupled with the autism is the ADHD. Okay. So that hyper part. Right. Um. So he thinks about randomness all mm-hmm. day. And for most people, we are able to filter out our thoughts and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, prioritize. Right. <clears throat> or even with conversing, um, you're able to stay on the topic. Mm-hmm. With him, it's like it's like traffic in Atlanta. Rush hour <laughs> traffic. It's, yeah. it's so much going on. It's busy, yeah. That sometimes you have to reel it back in. Right. So is, is autism, <clears throat> is it a chemical, quote-unquote, imbalance, or is it chromosomal? So, I believe that it is 
believe that it's chemical. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a wide range on the spectrum. Um, and I, and I'm in a Facebook group for parents of children with AD, I mean, with autism mm-hmm. and ADHD, mm-hmm. but for some people I see their stories and I'm like, wow. Cause you think they're the more extreme cases. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, some of them it's like, you know, and my heart goes out because you have parents who are like, I can't do this no more. Mm-hmm. Like I have to get rid you know, he's, they're putting my child, my other children in danger. They're threatening me. And, mm-hmm. and there are some who are nonverbal. Mm-hmm. Um, some who don't have the necessary skills um, to be able to live on their own ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately for us, Shane is what they consider on the higher end of the spectrum with Asperger's. I was just going to mention Asperger's. So can you explain to the people listening what Asperger's is? Because it's basically like a close cousin to autism, right? It is autism. Okay. It's just... So it is autism. Like I said, there are, there are different... I hate to say this, but there are different levels to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Asperger seems to be the most common mm-hmm. that I found out. Um, it, but it, it's still one of those things where it affects people differently. Most people with Asperger's though do have higher IQs than most, mm-hmm. which he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, and that's the thing. I've always kind of felt like the reason why he won't sit still or maybe because like you've told me stories like in school where he will sometimes get up and just leave the classroom but that that you think that's more of the ADHD that is definitely and, and see the and, impulsivity and, and, right and and I'm sure it is but I'm thinking that because like you were saying about the uh, higher IQ and that kind of thing I just think they're probably bored you understand what I'm saying? Like the stuff, it's not holding their attention. Well, so their their vibration is on a higher level. Their intellect. It's really weird because when he was in preschool, yeah, in preschool, he had this wonderful teacher who then went on maternity leave, and he had a substitute. Mm-hmm. He and the substitute teacher they did not click mm-hmm. because um, by the time he got to preschool, you know they're going over days of the week, months, colors. He already knew that stuff, mm-hmm. so it wasn't holding his attention. Um, and so she started at first she would call me all the time because he wasn't cooperating. Like I told her, I'm not coming back up there. You figure it out. Mm-hmm. He already knows it. So she sent him to the kindergarten classroom so that she could teach the other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the kindergarten teacher, she didn't want him to feel left out. So this one Friday, she was giving out a spelling test or like a Wednesday or something. She was giving out a spelling test. So she gave him the paper that she gives her class. Mm-hmm. And you know, she said the words, and he wrote down the answers. Mm-hmm. And she said, I, I didn't show him the words. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. I mean, because he was reading then, So too. do you think it's a thing that maybe in that case, he should have probably been skipped? They should have probably jumped him to the next grade, maybe? Be- so so with that, okay, hold on, we're getting there. He, um, They ended up giving him a gifted test and the kindergarten readiness assessment test. Mm-hmm. Um, with the kindergarten readiness assessment test, he missed one question. And technically, the proctor said he didn't miss it. It just wasn't the answer they were looking for. Like, mm-hmm. he gave a logical answer. Mm-hmm. And for the gifted test, uh, he scored extremely high. As a matter of fact, they submitted him for Mensa. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know what Mensa is, it's like a club for really smart people. Mm-hmm. But he missed it by one point. Mm-hmm. And they told me to just re um reapply him because if that's where he's testing at three he'll always fall within that Mm -hmm, range mm 
Um, but the thing was, doing the work he could do, maturity-wise, mm-hmm. he can't. And a lot of times, people with ADHD, they are so smart that we forget, I mean, not with ADHD, with autism, we forget that they're still children. Right. So even though he's as smart as he is, maturity-wise, he's not mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. for a lot of children with autism, mentally, they say, he'll be a couple of ages behind, mm-hmm. mature-wise. Mm-hmm. And just for those of you that are listening, Asperger syndrome is a developmental disorder characterized by significant difficulties in social interaction and nonverbal communication, along with restricted and repetitive patterns of behavior and interest. So the way that I've always understood Asperger's is, it's kind of like where you don't really have the social skills, quote unquote, like where you interact and communicate and, you know, that outgoing kind of personality where people just can kind of just talk to anybody, talk to a stranger. They're more kind of like closed or reclusive. Yes and no. So it's more so along the lines of that socio-emotional aspect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So whereas, let's say, someone might have died. Mm Mm-hmm they might not have that emotional aspect to show empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, or with the, the social aspect, staying on topic, if everybody in your circle, if we're all talking about books and you're constantly jumping into the conversation, but, but not you, talking you're about not that. on the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are things that, that we tend to work on. Like he has no problem coming up to people talking. Mm-hmm. People older than him, he bonds with. He's able to hold a conversation mm-hmm. with people his own age. He does not gravitate towards. He gravitates mm-hmm. towards people who are younger than he is. Mm-hmm. So Shane, do you feel like um, you learn differently, or see things differently, or hear information differently? Sometimes I just feel like the information I see and hear just doesn't communicate with my brain properly. Like sometimes I could be hearing something about me having to go to the doctor and I sometimes don't hear like the last part or the beginning of a sentence so I think someday we're gonna go to the doctor and I'm not dressed to go to the doctor and then my mom says like saying we have to go to the doctor and I and then my autism starts coming in and then everything else starts coming in so then so then I actually restate the question so the um sentence so so that way I can be ready. But other sometimes it just feels like I don't really understand the first or uh, middle or last beginning of a statement. So sometimes you don't understand the first part, the middle, or the last part of a statement. Yes. So you were saying like if she's saying we're gonna go to the doctors, you're not really getting ready right now because you're not thinking that she's talking about now. Yes. Okay. And you know the first. The first thing that I noticed, um, my mom and I actually, that made us think like he might have autism, was um, the repetitiveness. He used to, and he, now he's moved up, like before he would tap. Mm-hmm. Almost like he was keeping time. Tap mm-hmm. his leg. Mm-hmm. Now he rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, like rocks back and forth? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and one of my cousins is autistic. But she's more along the nonverbal. Mm-hmm. And this was when she got diagnosed. This was way back in the early 90s mm-hmm. when, and at first we thought she was deaf. Right. And they really didn't have a lot they of They really didn't. But that was something she did. She rocked a lot. 
Um, and she didn't make eye contact either, mm-hmm. which was another thing with him. He, you have to kind of hey. Well, he makes eye contact now. I've never noticed. I've always, I've never not seen him make eye contact with me. Oh yeah, it he'll he'll start there, and then it's like. Well, I mean, but that, but you know, I kind of like most children don't really give you eye contact. You look at me. You know what I mean. You got to kind of say that. But with him. I know, and that's another thing that I've noticed. Genetically, girls tend, young girls, they tend to give you more eye contact than little boys do. But see, eye contact has always been like a sign of maturity, and we all know that girls tend to mature faster than boys. Well, you know, that's in with autism. Girls are diagnosed with autism a lot less than boys mm-hmm. because a lot of times, the things that they look for in autism, it's like, oh, well, she's a girl. She's just she's just being bossy because some they're loud. Right. And he doesn't like loud sounds. And he's usually the loudest person in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just, oh, you know, girls are just loud anyway. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things, especially with females, it gets written off. Mm-hmm. So I know at one point when we first started kind of hearing about autism, they were, they, were, they were trying to ascribe it to like vaccinations and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, has that been like ruled out or like, is that um, still kind of like a concern? I've only read one case where a family one million saying that it was linked to um to vaccines i don't know but i will say i did not see a change in him until he maybe was about three Mm -hmm. and that's when i saw a shift so for you it's adhd and autism so how do you how has it played out does it I know you said when he had the teacher that went out on maternity leave, but does it impair or impact? Um, what what I've learned on this journey is that when we were in in Ohio, he had predominantly Caucasian teachers. Which is where you're from. Yes. And every little thing that he did was deemed aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember them calling me because he growled at the teacher in preschool mm-hmm. and they wanted me to come get him. Mm-hmm. When we moved to Atlanta, when he was in the first grade, he had another Caucasian teacher. And I'm up at the school all the time. I ended up pulling him out to homeschool, and he went back third grade. Mm-hmm. This time, he has African-American teachers. Mm-hmm. I don't get the calls as much. They have a whole system of how to deal with him. We've set up an IEP. He has a paraprofessional that he works with. Like it's really, It really takes a group mm-hmm. to be able to. Um, he used to have uh, outbursts that the um, therapist told us he would get overstimulated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you walk into elementary classrooms, they got all this stuff on the walls right. and colorful. That's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Loud noises. Overwhelming. So and to me, it sounds like there needs to be like specialized schools, or specialized classrooms. There are specialized schools. But, but you were saying that they were very they expensive. They are very expensive. Mm-hmm. But I have always raised him to not feel any different. Mm-hmm. He just does things different. He just processes differently. autism is not who he is. It's just right. a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, you know, because you can't control everything. You cannot control the environment everywhere. Some mm-hmm. things are going to be overwhelming. Right. And we've worked on just focusing on one thing and you have to learn how to block all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I've had to come up with coping mechanisms for him. Some things work, some things don't. And like his pediatrician, she wants us, of course, for the ADHD to be put on Ritalin. 
Not Ritalin. Adderall XR. Mm-hmm. And I got it, but I couldn't make myself give it to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give it to him. Mm-hmm. So we just, um, it's like his paraprofessional, we, we, we count down. And I think the thing that I think will help a lot too is meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself, my brain runs at a thousand miles per minute. So it's hard for me to actually sit down and meditate. So I haven't been able to work with him. We downloaded an app mm-hmm. that we were supposed to do. We did it for like how many nights? Uh, three nights. We did it for three nights and then that was it. But I do mm-hmm. think that meditation would probably help because it would teach him breathing techniques instead of him getting up and walking out the classroom. Mm-hmm. So when was the last time he got up and when was the last time you got up and walked out of the classroom? About, I think that might be in August. Wait. Ooh, tell the truth now. I don't remember. Definitely about a week or so ago. I didn't know. You did. So too. what are you thinking when you just get up and walk? What's happening in the classroom? Or what's happening in your mind when you get up and just leave the classroom? Well, like, most of my body, like, my body is telling me to go back, but I'm already committed in the motion. (laughs) You're already committed in the motion. No, but wait, take me to when you're sitting in your chair in the classroom, Mm -hmm. what sparks you, what provokes you to get up? Like, what do you... Like, when people get me angry or there's just too much going in the classroom... And in the hallways of the classroom, in the hallways, there's not really that much going on. There's just another So it's calmer in the hallways. Yes. So has it ever occurred to you when you get that feeling to get up and leave the classroom to go over to the teacher and say, I feel a little overwhelmed. Can I step like outside the, in the hallway? Well, I think that only happened once. What happened once? You asked the teacher if you could step out? Yes. And what did... Because in first grade, I was really good at doing that. And then as i gotten older, I, it gets more, um, well, under out of control. It gets a little more out of control as you get older. Until at this point, because, in, because when I was homeschooled, I couldn't really do anything except do my work and then eat lunch and then play games for recess. But then, as I got enough, and then as I gotten older, I've gotten this little bit of freedom, like a little bit of freedom. Yes, a little bit of freedom. And then I was like, so I can basically just do this now. But maybe I could, maybe I want to do that. And a, and a, a thing is, he's very manipulative. <laughs> so. He knew, like, okay, if I go tell the teacher, like, I need to go into my corner, it stops me from doing my work. So mm-hmm. then he would take advantage mm-hmm. of the corner. And that's, you know, and that's one of the things when I, when he get a new teacher and I tell him, he's manipulative. Mm-hmm. He will, you, you got to be strong in it because it's like a Sour Patch kid. You know, he blows up, he gets angry and then it's. You are the most beautiful person I have ever met. So does it like subside as a person that's autistic gets older? Like does it subside? I, I've been told that it does. I've heard that the the years uh, when he hits puberty are going to be the worst. Because all of the emotion and chemical stuff that's going on in mm-hmm. puberty. Yes. But it's, I, I mean, 
I don't know. I get overwhelmed sometimes. So what are your biggest challenges? Focus. Mm -hmm. Because I know he can do the work. Mm -hmm. They know he can do the work. We just got to get him to focus long enough to do the work. And just being able to control those outbursts. So how do you draw the line between just behavioral problems because he's nine and okay he, he's autistic so how do you separate the two so i don't mm -hmm. because i'm trying to be realistic in the fact that my my belief is that once he leaves outside my door mm -hmm. nobody cares about him his issues like i do mm -hmm. and unfortunately that's a harsh fact and in our country people with conditions they really don't care about mm -hmm. um and so he's got to learn to control it so i mean i give him things we have our cbd oil i was just um, gonna ask you about that the focus teas um that i get custom blend um and of course i'm telling you i think that the meditation will work because he's gonna have to control that when he gets out into the real world nobody's gonna care that he's autistic so explain to them about the cbd you said oils or soap because I well, know you had soap. oil, I have soap that he has taken a liking to. Yeah, for those of you that got, for those of you that don't know what CBD is, I'm pretty sure most of you do, but CBD is the... So it, so marijuana right. has two components. It has the THC, and that is what gets you high. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and then it has the cbd which is the relaxation part mm -hmm. and marijuana they take it there are different ways to extract it and you get an oil um the oil that i order is from colorado and on this website they put all of their testing on there they don't use chemicals to do the separation um and his is a full spectrum cbd oil meaning it has just a little bit of thc in it Mm-hmm. Um, Which is the piece that gets you high. Yes. Yes. Um, but it overall, like at, at first I was using them independently of each other. Mm -hmm. I would give him the CBD oil or I, he would drink um, the, um, the tea. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that they work better together. Because you have the CBD tea as well. Yeah. Like an herbal tea. Yes. And then there's the uh, the soap. The so the soap. oil, how do you administer the oil? Is um, it on his skin or is it something that he takes I drop it drop? under his tongue. He holds it there for 30 seconds before he swallows. Mm -hmm. And how often do you do the, the drops? Um, the I give tea? him, he was up to four drops in the morning mm -hmm. and then four drops in the evening. And you notice a difference? Yeah, the right teachers away. notice the difference. Mm-hmm. But we still needed a little more because with the ADHD, you have that um, that impulsivity, that lack of control. Mm -hmm. the problem. And you prefer to do this, which is more of a homeopathic yes. way than to do like the Adderall and that kind of thing, which I, you know, I'm. I'm... Well, I, I read about it and I, I look, look, look at these stories in my parenting group and I'm just so scared. Because right. the Adderall has, like, basically meth in there. Yeah, and then once you get connected on those, yeah, and they I pretty much stay on those things. Yeah, like, there's no coming off. Right. And they just switch medications. Mm -hmm. so and then once often. it's on your file as a child, that it's on your record, that carries and follows you forever. Well, 
before he got diagnosed, that was my thought. Mm -hmm. But then I had this realization. They've already labeled him. Mm -hmm. So if they're going to label him, I prefer that it's the right label. Mm -hmm. So with him finally getting a diagnosis, he gets he gets the help that he needs. Mm -hmm. um, especially with the paraprofessional who sometimes comes in, she'll sit with him while he does his work to keep him focused. Mm -hmm. Like I know she was telling me last year, he had a, a test, some state test that he had to do. Mm -hmm. It was a milestone. No, it wasn't the milestone. It was another test. And um, he wanted to get on iReady. And she's like, Shane, you have to finish this test. What's iReady? iReady is a program that they use in schools now. It's like um, mm -hmm. they do math and reading mm -hmm. on there. And, you know, so she's he's steady talking to her and he's doing the work and then he gets on iReady. And she's mm -hmm. like, Shane, I told you that you had to do this test. He was like, I'm finished with the test. And she said, you know, he just chatty and talking. And see, for him, he can multitask like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But if you're in the classroom, it's a distraction mm -hmm. for everybody else. Mm -hmm. So so he had completed the task. His yeah. Georgia milestone. They said he finished it in like 15 minutes. And they I got a three. And what? I got a three. What's a three? So, a three is basically like a B. Mm -hmm. The milestone you get numbers. One is like you need a lot of work. Two nah, is, is also a zero. oh zero through four. Mm -hmm. um, four being the highest. The highest. So he got threes on some, a four on one. Mm -hmm. But he, they told him to go back and check, and he was like, "I did." Mm -hmm. You know, and he did what he was supposed to do, and they end up putting him in the gifted program. So. You do. You said you had a cousin, a female that that. So, are these the only two relatives that you know of that? Because I'm wondering if it's a genetic thing um, that kind of passes down. I think, I think so. I have cousins who have uh, ADHD. They got a whole host of alphabets going on on that mm -hmm. side. Um, and what about on his dad's side? Do you know? Not that I'm aware. Although I do think that his dad has ADD or ADHD and could possibly be bipolar. Mm -hmm. So do you think that because... But I think I might have ADHD because um, it I the way that my brain works and then I saw this thing on the internet and I was reading it and in reading it, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is me. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that I mean, it's possible, and I've never been diagnosed. I've always been, um, growing up, maybe your average C student mm -hmm. until I got to college. But when I got to college, the way that teaching was done changed. It wasn't so much read a book. It was more lecture, mm -hmm. and I learned better that way. Mm -hmm. So I went from being your average C student to now I'm on the dean's list. Mm -hmm. And back then, we didn't make that correlation. It was like, hey, look at me. I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. But by the time I went to grad school, I, I had pinpointed it. Right. So how much, what role do you think being a single mom plays in all of this? And do you think it's more stressful because of that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You definitely need a village mm -hmm. because um, with with the ADHD, he has the energy of 10 kids mm -hmm. and it's nonstop moving. It's nonstop talking um, with the autism piece. He has no personal boundaries. 
So um, he's in your space. He's in my space. And mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a in your face type person. So it drives me crazy, but I also don't want him to feel like he can't get a hug for me. Mm-hmm. He can't get a kiss for me, but I don't like that all the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I don't want him to feel like he's not loved either. Right. Um, and sometimes I do, I need a mental break. Sometimes I have allowed the Xbox and YouTube to be the babysitter when I need it to be. Because when you, with anybody, when you need to relax, you want to relax. Right. And as a single parent, you don't get that. And as a single parent of a child with who is twice twice gifted, right. you really don't get that. So Shane, what does that make you feel? Or what do you hear your mom saying? Basically, I just I just hear her crying a lot. Sometimes she just get, has to have like a break from some things, and I and I being like okay, and then like later in of the day, I just forget that she needs a break. So what did you understand her saying just now? So what I understand her saying is that sometimes she will need a break from me, and other times she just lets me my. Very short-term memory brain, I think. Your yes. very short-term memory brain? Yes. So, do you, um, does does it hurt your feelings to, to hear her say that or no? Sometimes. What hurts your feelings? Like, sometimes I just feel like, what if I was never meant to be in this world? I'm just, Wait, say that again? Sometimes I, sometimes I wonder what happened if I was never meant to be in this world. Like, in this world? Yeah, I was just like, something that was dropped off. <laughs> something that wasn't even, something that was just like, eh. Something dropped off from where? Like, space. Like, I was just, I was just nothing, basically. Well, no, that's not what she's saying. Like, no, like, sometimes I can see, like, what's happening around me. But other times, like, the only, like, sometimes I can see in front of me, like, what I see in front of me, mm-hmm. but then other times my um my no my um vision goes like everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. So I'm looking at so I'm looking at the sides, and then, but I'm also looking at the front. So sometimes it may look like the people that I'm not paying attention, even though I am looking at them. So then they say, saying, "Look up, look where I am," and I just say, "I am," and then I get in trouble. But I am. and then you get in trouble. Yeah, because I am looking at them. But, like, I can, like, if I look right here, I can see here and here. Well, that's your peripheral vision. You ever heard of that? Yes. Peripheral vision. So, like, even though I'm looking straight ahead, I can still see you and I can see over here as well because my peripheral vision, that's your side vision. But the thing is, other times, like, when I wake up, I can only, I can't see things. So, I... I open my eyes, like I close and open my eyes, and then I can see things. So does it feel frustrating to you at times, or no? Sometimes it just feels like I wish I could just get a break. I wish I could turn all of this off and do something I want to do. Turn what off? Like, I mean, turn off my ADHD, turn off my autism. I just don't want it. I just want it gone. So what is it? What would you turn off in particular, though? Like, is it something that you do that you would turn off or something that you feel, something that you I think? I just turn off anger. Turn off anger. Being that that's the one thing I have trouble with controlling, I just think, 
hey, it's gonna be better if I take it off. But I've never seen you angry. Mainly because she's around. Oh, because she's around. Yes. So when you're angry, what kind of things make you angry? Like being ignored. By whom? Like people who I know can hear me but still talk over me. Like classmates or what yes. do you mean? Like sometimes I like um, people people need help for a question that they can't solve by themselves. Mm-hmm. So the teacher gives me the help them, and then they don't want to learn it from me. So then, I'm like, if you want, if you wanted to learn from, if you wanted to learn from someone, it's best if you just learn from me, so you can get the questions right on the milestones. Because so it's best that they learn it from you. Yes, because the teacher always says that the milestone. Some of these questions are gonna be on the milestones, mm-hmm. and so when people get it right, the people who don't who need the help get the person's help. Like they sit at a group table, then the person works out the problem, and then they get then the person solves another problem in their heads. And then, like, when that problem solved in their heads, they give the other people the problems to see if they can use the same method before they get that problem. To use the same method. Yes. You know what, though? He, um, we have been doing occupational therapy uh-huh. for a while, but it's so expensive. Like, they wanted him to come twice a week, but for me, with my horrible insurance, it's $60 every, every time session. we go. So what's occupational therapy? What is that? Um, so basically, they give you coping mechanisms and how to deal, how to process information. And he definitely needs it. And he he was getting it for a time in school, but the kind that they give in school is different from the kind that they get pri- when you go privately. Pri- yeah. yeah. Um, and they were like, well, keep them up, keep them up. But it's like, I can't. Right. I can't afford it. I don't know. And that's, I think that's the part that I feel really, really bad for. Like, I feel like I'm a bad parent because I know he needs it, mm-hmm. but I can't afford it. And at one point, I was getting SSI. It was like 45 bucks a month. And then they cut it off because now I make too much. Mm. Oh, well, it did move to 80 dollars $85. Mm-hmm. But they were like, I make too much. Wow. And it was, and at that point, he was doing occupational therapy, and he was doing speech therapy, and this is all privately. Mm-hmm. And so, why why was it necessary for the speech therapy? Is that usual with the ZECOM? I don't think it, it goes hand in hand. Hand in hand with but, autism. Um, with him, those R's. Lola. The O. I think it's mainly the R's and the L's. Honestly, mm-hmm. they just. Mm-hmm. Don't you know? And I've worked with him. I've gone on YouTube University to figure out ways mm-hmm. that I could do it myself. Yeah, I was just thinking that I was he had a was something on YouTube. Speech therapist at the school, and at the school they're like, "Well, we don't see a problem." And at first they were saying it was the apparatus from his braces, but I mean, just when you were talking to him, you heard it because you had to correct him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, and I think the school he's in now. It's a Title One school, so I feel like this school already gets overlooked for resources. Mm-hmm. Now I've already uh, I've 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 called who I need to call. That's how he was able to get what he needed in this school. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Um, 
I think he still needs more. And I'm going to have to figure out a way to get it back privately mm -hmm. for him. So, Shane, is there anything that um, you want to say to maybe parents of other well, autistic kids? Using me, being that, I'm, being that I am autistic, I use me, doing stuff with my hands a lot easily helps me with that. Like, sometimes if I get stressed out, I'll stop playing with a piece of paper or... Like you've well. been doing sitting here with these yes. little things and this paper. Yes. And or when I get nervous, sometimes I will start drawing. So but you're nervous now? No, sometimes you I You're stressed just, out now? No, sometimes I just get nervous. And then, like, when I am taking a presentation, I get nervous sometimes. And then I start drawing. Or using just drawing in general. I mean, that drawing is like one thing that most kids can relate to. I feel like I have to fit in somehow. And then when I heard of drawing, I was like, maybe this can help me fit in. Fit in. But no, that just made me more of a weird person. So you don't feel like you fit in? No, I feel like I fit in. It's not the same way as other people fit in. Okay. Do you recognize other kids that may be autistic? Um, well, not really, but sometimes I feel like some ki most kids in the school have ADHD. Or most kids have short-term memory loss, which I think I also have. Mom, do I have short-term memory loss? I have so I have long-term. You don't have any memory loss. You just have selective hearing. Oh. Like, sometimes in the middle of hearing something that I really don't want to hear, my ears just close up, and then I can't hear it. <laughs> So your ears close up most of the time when your mom is talking. Well, yes. <laughs> That's the easy way to put it. So what's the hard way to put it? Basically, if there's something that I want to hear, my ears will... Perk open, up. No, my ears will just open as wide as they can to let all the information flow. To but let then, all of the information flow. But then... As I do, I hear someone talking about something, and then I want to join in the conversation. I have a question. Yes? Why do you gravitate towards younger kids instead of kids your own age? Being that they're annoying. I'm just straight up honest. Who's annoying? annoying? Most of the kids in fourth grade are just annoying. So the kids that are your age or older, they're annoying? Well, no. Some people I actually like. So why do you gravitate to the kids that are younger? Because they, I can understand. Like some, most of the little kids have autism, as I not, not, be being that we both don't usually have listening, good hearing. Good listening skills. Yes. Or other times when someone is talking, we both like blink out of the conversation. And then I'm just like, what am I supposed to do now? What, what am I supposed to do now? But then, all of a sudden, sometimes I could hear something in the middle of that news. And then some, and then I get really angry because some, pe some people think it might be weird that, A, I have an accent. Like, sometimes when I say my L's, R's, or some other letters, then, like, I have trouble hearing or... No, what I mean is, 
sometimes when I usually get very very like stressed out I'm I'm like I need a break but a break from what like all these people like most of these people I don't even know just, you talking about the school yes most of these people I don't even know they just came in the same boat as me me the same boat yes the same boat as me and then I'm here and like from the other kids and me, I just feel like they're all like too common, too common, too common details that we have doing that. So the things that you have in common are what? The things that we have in common are like we are both some pe some kids like very strict food. Other kids just like cake. Some people like really strict food, and some people just some kids just like cake. Yes. But I, I need you to answer the question, so let me bring you back in. Why do you play with the younger kids and not kids your own age? Because those kids are really like they talk about things I have no idea about, and I don't want to get something wrong so they know that I haven't played that game. So in most of the new kids, I have either been in or have watched in my recent years of being a kid. So, so you, you, you know the stuff that they, you're familiar with the things that they're gonna talk about. Yes. So I'm like, so okay, this kid's talking about some weird game game but this kid like the new kid is talking about Mario, which I Mario. Yeah, which I know a lot about. Okay. And I think like for me, I think that that's partly my fault because him growing up we did. We never really lived anywhere with a whole bunch of kids. Mm -hmm. I don't. Most of my friends had kids early, so their kids were already teenagers. Right. Nobody in my family had um, any kids that were around his age, really. Mm -hmm. um, so he's always been around older people, and then I think I don't know. Maybe I might have babied him a little too much, or kept him really sheltered. But I also wanted to keep him a kid. Now you're not making a connection between that and the autism. No, you're no, no. I'm just why as far he gravitates as... to the young yeah. kids, right? Yeah. Uh, you know what though? Another thing with the autism is the exaggerations. Mm. He does that an awful, awful lot. Like what? Um, I mean, it it could be the simplest of things. We'll be sitting having a conversation about pistachios mm -hmm. and he'll be like you know what my one friend said that pistachios and i'll be like shane nobody said that mm -hmm. just say mm -hmm. you said it right and i'm like okay i said it. and it's like well why are you telling such like you don't even there's no need for that right or i think sometimes too he'll tell me things because he wants me to be ecstatic about it like he'll tell me that he was the dodgeball champion of the whole school mm. like i'm already proud of you you don't have to exaggerate anything but then when i asked in my parenting group like does anybody else's child just make up the and they're like girl yeah that's nothing you just wait until they get older and it's mm. like oh my god so you you play basketball now yes how did you feel playing was this your first time playing the other day well not really Thing that but I mean I on a team. Was this your first time playing on a team? No. Oh. So I do you like it? Yes. Does that kind of take your mind off of 
Yes, it's sort it's sort of like a sport that I do that takes my mind off of everything that's going on and just me focusing doing this. And also that dodgeball champion thing, I am. So, dodgeball. He's the dodgeball champion. I am. Is that an exaggeration that you're no. talking about? Oh, that's like one of those exaggerations. It's true. So the basketball. You're on a team. How does playing with a team? affect your ADHD or your autism? Well... Do you have to kind of really focus and, like, harness your anger? No, it just feels like my teammate, one teammate is, like, telling me to pass the ball to him, but the other teammate is asking me to pass the ball to him. So then I'm stuck in this endless whirlwind of confusion. In a whirlwind of confusion. Of which teammate should I pass the ball to? Because mm-hmm. then, when it's that time to pass the ball, they won't pass the ball to me. But I, because I'm usually the one always closer to closer to the goal. Mm-hmm. But they aren't. But I'm also not the only person closer to the goal. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the closest person to the goal. But there are some people, like this, is someone who is right across from the enemy goal. Goal. So most people will try and go. Put, get the ball to him so that way he can make an easy shot. Right. Like an assist. So why were, at basketball practice, why were you playing with the younger kids but not trying to play with the kids your own age? Because, as I said, if this gravitates to what we said before, that I have more experience of what the young young. So in other kids. words, your mother wasn't just listening. I'm well, no, ago. because you're going to be playing with people your own age. So why wouldn't you practice with people your own age? One, that's what practice is for, making new friends, right? Yes, but at practice, you weren't trying to play with the kids your own age. I know, but that's because most of the kids my own age talk about stuff I wouldn't, like, my mom. Nidney and my whole basketball team. One person is close to my age, and guess how, how old they are? Everybody's close to your age. You're on the 10 and under, so it's 9 and 10 year olds. Wait, I thought because it was 10 and under, it would be like 10, 9, 8, 7. There's six, an 8 and under, or 8 and 7 year olds. Is there a 1 and under? Mm. Anyway, listen, hopefully this. Uh, podcast has enlightened you perhaps you have a child or children that are autistic or ADHD and or or, or relatives but you know the point is to kind of hear this from the perspective of someone who can actually articulate it if this is your first time listening to this podcast I hope you enjoyed it do me a favor please hit the share button or the like button go ahead and hit follow or subscribe the show is free we drop a brand new podcast each and every Monday morning at 10 a.m. The show's archived, so you can always go back to the very first podcast from two years ago. It dropped on a May 1st, uh, back in, what was that, 2017, I think it was? Wow. But anyway, yeah, long time. But anyway, thank you for listening. Be safe and keep loving yourself. One of the best parts of life is when you can admit the truth to yourself about yourself. Cyberspace is a world where one can become something he isn't, but everything he dares to be. I wasn't interested in getting attached to anyone, and I knew I wouldn't take anyone I met online seriously. I had multiple screen names to increase my chances of meeting someone attractive. 
The majority of the profiles noted HIV negative under status, but I knew better from the work I had done in the HIV community. I knew one out of three black gay men was positive. The messages I found in my inbox validated me in my depression. In some strange way, they reinforced that I was worthy and deserving. My days consisted of waking up and logging on to see how many messages had accrued overnight. Months passed before I got honest with my therapist about what was happening with me. And before I knew it, I heard myself say, I've been having sex with people I meet online. To listen to more of Words Never Spoken in Memoir, visit audible.com.